It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Victory Monday here on Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, in Miami Gardens. Fresh off the heels of a defensive shellacking of the Los Angeles Rams. Final score, Dolphins 28, Rams 17. Kind of an odd game, but nevertheless, Victory Monday never sucks. Also never sucks. Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And you can save 20% off your next order by visiting BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKEDON. This game was a delight. Not necessarily what we expected to see from a statistical production standpoint from number five overall pick Tua Tungavailoa, who is going to be one of the major storylines to watch for the Miami Dolphins over the course of the next nine weeks. So far, so good. One win. That's all you can hope for. And as you think about the Dolphins and the evolving process of Tua Tonga-Vailoa, one thing you might want to do is commemorate this stretch of football that we are seeing. And I've got just the thing. Nyko Sports. Our friends at Nyko Sports have an amazing football commemorating the rookie season of Tua Tonga-Vailoa, fresh off the heels of the first win in the first start. You absolutely positively know that Tua Fever, even though it didn't maybe look the way we expected it to week one of his term as the starting quarterback, this commemorative football, it sounds like hotcakes. I'm telling you, it's a full-size football, fully embossed. It's going to have a panel that is embroidered in all of Tua's statistics from his rookie season. It showcases Hard Rock Stadium as well. It's a beautiful product, and right now, you can get in on the action. You have to call one 800 345 2868 right away. They are selling hot. Tua Fever is real. That's Nyko Sports. N-I-K-C-O sports.com. And make sure to mention the Locked On Podcast. So listen, right? Like, nobody really expected this game to go to this degree in which it did. If we're being completely honest, the statistics of the Dolphins' 28-17 Week 8 win over the Los Angeles Rams to push the team to 4-3 and on the season winning record. They're now 2-2 two and two at home. Just completely dominant on defense, despite what the box score will tell you. The box score will tell you the Rams rushed 29 times for 131 yards. The box score will tell you that Jared Goff passed for 340 yards in this football game. The box score will tell you that the Rams had nearly a 2-1 to time of possession in this football game and ran twice as many plays as the Dolphins did. The box score is going to tell you that Tua Tungavailoa was a 12 of 22 for 93 yards and a touchdown. Sacked once, fumbled on the play, 
set up the Rams for their first touchdown in the first five minutes of the football game. The stats and the box score is going to tell you that the Dolphins rushed 25 times for 55 yards. And nobody caught more than three passes. And everybody had a case of the dropsies. Preston Williams dropped two balls. Miles Gaskin dropped the one. Nobody really helped to out. Miles Gaskin had a fumble. The Dolphins had no business winning this football game. And yet, here the Dolphins are. And they won by double digits. And that is going to be a really frustrating narrative to listen to all week long. And be completely honest with you guys. Because the narrative is going to be the offense stinks with Tua Tungvaluwa. That is going to be the hot take, surefire, somebody's going to fire it off. People aren't going to have great perspective. And I get it. The offense was humming with Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets in the first half. Did y'all see what the offense looked like in the second half against the Jets? And you excused that and you poo-pooed it and you said, well, it's because the game script went the way that it did. The Dolphins, they didn't need to continue to play with a sense of urgency. They converted into, we're going to close this game out. Well, this game went very much the same way despite the fact that the Rams got three times as many yards. They got more. They got four times as many first downs as the Dolphins did. The Dolphins had eight first downs, 145 total yards offense, three yards per play. But when you look at the game itself, the flow of the game, I'm not going to sit here and hammer the Dolphins' offense for stinking out loud or anything like that. Because there is a stretch in this game. From the start of the second quarter to the end of the second quarter, you know how many plays the Dolphins ran in the second quarter of this football game? Genuine question. Dolphins scored a touchdown on the last play of the first quarter to move the score to 7-7. They kicked the ball to the Rams. The Rams run six plays take four minutes off the clock, punt the ball to the Dolphins, Miles Gaskin carries up the middle for four yards and fumbles on the first play. Okay. Now the Rams are in the red zone. And in two plays, the team went backward 15 yards, was stripped, and Van Ginkle ran it back for a touchdown. Offense doesn't touch the ball. Rams get the ball back, but the Dolphins have gone from 7-7 to winning 14-7. The Rams proceed to go three and out on the following possession after the strip sack return for a touchdown. And they punt the ball back to Jakeem Grant, who runs it 88 yards back for a touchdown. The Dolphins score another touchdown. Offense has not touched the field, and they've scored 14 points. Then, the Rams go on a seven-play, four-minute drive, that ends in an interception for Eric Rowe at the 27-yard line. The Dolphins had their first offensive possession in the second quarter with 4 minutes and 43 seconds left on the game clock. And you know what happened? Preston Williams dropped two balls. He dropped the first down hook route, Breida went for 6 yards, and Preston over the middle, he dropped the slant. 
Dolphins punt. What happens after the punt? The Rams run three plays, and Jared Goff is strip-sacked. Kyle Van Noy picks it up and runs it back to the one-yard line, and the Dolphins score a touchdown on the next play. So, again, how many plays did the Dolphins run in the second quarter of this football game? Second quarter. One fumble. Three, two drops. One touchdown from the one-yard line. That's it. That's the They ran five plays in the second quarter. And they went from tied 7-7 to up 28-10. And the defense was smothering. Very clearly, the Dolphins flipped this script and said, Ben, don't break. That's fine. Am I frustrated with the way the offense went in the second half? Yeah, you kind of get this kind of sinking feeling, right? You exchange punts for the first. We went punt, punt, Dolphins punt, Rams punt, Dolphins punt, Rams punt, Dolphins punt, Rams turnover on downs, Dolphins punt. And then you finally get a 10-play, 89-yard drive uh, from the Rams in early fourth quarter to score a touchdown to cut it to 11 points. Dolphins then go six plays. Miles Gaskin drops the third down conversion on that drive to give the ball back to the Rams, who then go 11 plays, 62 yards, miss the field goal. Boom, game's over. So, I guess my greater point here is with this game and with all the games that the Dolphins have done, if you just expect the Dolphins to keep the hammer down million miles an hour, you've got a rookie quarterback in his first start, you've been gift-wrapped to win. Just don't screw it up. And that's what the Dolphins did in this football game. So, yes, Miles Gaskin played a bad football game. Tua Tungvaloa did nothing spectacular as a rookie in his first start in his football game. I like that he took two shots down the field. He overthrew one and he underthrew the other. He overthrew Preston Williams and he underthrew Mike Isecki and it was almost picked off. The strip sack in the pocket, yeah, you got Aaron Donald in a one-on-one of Eric Flowers. And Tua climbs into the pocket. I like that he climbed into the pocket. There were a handful of instances where Tua was quick on his feet. He identified pressure. But you could tell there was a little bit of jitters. Those swing routes, the screen route, the, 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 he just kind of missed. And that's okay. My greater overall point would be the great the game script win in a way that did not prompt the Dolphins to do anything dramatic or drastic to compel them to make them feel like we need to ask Tua to do anything that he's not fully comfortable with. And he got no help from his players. Is that because he's left-handed? I don't know. I could tell you the lack of success in the run game has nothing to do with Tua Tungvaloa's left-handedness. I don't subscribe to the idea that all the run plays are drawn up for a right-handed court. What does that even mean? You're a quarterback. You can turn either way and hand the ball off. Nothing else is impacted. They didn't change the offensive line. None of that. The Dolphins' offensive line spent a lot of time giving a lot of attention to Aaron Donald when he was on the field. And the other athletes on the field for the Rams, you tip your cap. They were fast to flow downhill. They crowded because they felt like they could. Because the Dolphins weren't going to open it up with a rookie quarterback and ask him to do a bunch of crazy stuff on his first career start. 
Time for a Pepsi break. Give me a second here. Let me get a little sip. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I know I enjoyed one in the stands amid my other adult beverages there at Hard Rock Stadium. We had a great time. I had a chance to hang out uh, with Abdi, who is a terrific Miami Dolphins fan who won. We did a giveaway uh, for a ticket on Saturday. All my other plans for this extra ticket fell through. Abdi, he won the, the random drawing, and him and I, a locked-on Dolphins fan, we had a great opportunity to sit down and root the Dolphins on to victory. That Pepsi was sweet. Victory Pepsi tastes even better. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, victory or not, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Where were we? Can we talk about this defense? Can we talk about this defensive effort, please? The Dolphins defensively flying around, embarrassing the Rams up front. I really could not give two farts what the box score says about total yards for the Rams. Okay? The Rams, yeah, they had... Two plays in the fourth quarter of this football game where they consi- they insisted on running the football. I looked over at Abdi. I'm like, they realize they're down 18 points in the fourth quarter, right? They come out running the ball. They ran 21 plays on consecutive possessions and racked up 150 yards of offense. And then on the two-minute drill at the very end of the game, there was a minute and eight left on the clock. They went five plays, 35 yards. Dolphins said, you can take whatever you want underneath. We're just not going to let you get a big chunk gain and get some weird positioning. This was a total oddity game, but it was a complete team victory. And the defense, they probably had another two dropped pick sixes that got away from them that they could have had. Xavier Howard just narrowly missed one. Eric Rowe, if the pass was accurate, he would have ran it back for a touchdown. Kyle Van Noy came up one yard short on his run back of a fumble on a strip sack. The Rams up front could not block the Dolphins. And this is where quarterback rating is fun, right? ESPN's QBR takes into account game situation and impact of game, so on and so forth. It to a tongue of a low for 12 of 22 for 93 yards and a touchdown in one sack. Playing twice as good of a game as what Jared Goff played, throwing for 355 yards and a score because Goff had four turnovers in this football game. Four. Four. 
the Dolphins embarrassed him up front. And they dared him. They said, you, you go ahead and throw deep on us. We dare you. And he tried. And he couldn't. That is, of course, not a luxury that the Dolphins are going to have on a week-by-week basis. But this week, it absolutely was. Now, what's fun? Looking at some of the statistical anomalies that the Dolphins are currently on right now. Not every game is going to trend the way that this one did. And Tua Tungvaloa will not look as frustrating as perhaps you thought he did in every game that he plays. Ultimately, you look at the big picture for this Miami Dolphins team. The Dolphins have won three consecutive games by 10-plus points for the first time since 2014. The Dolphins are the first team since the 2004 Indianapolis Colts to take 18-plus point leads into halftime of three consecutive football games. I understand that you want them to close out with more authority. I want to win the lottery. I want to come to every game at Hard Rock Stadium that's ever played from here on out. You can't always get what you want. And while we all wanted Tua to crush and look unbelievable, we wanted the Dolphins to score 50 points and remove all doubt that there were people that were hating on Ryan Fitzpatrick getting benched and people speculating like ESPN's Adam Schefter on Sunday morning that the evaluation of Tua Tungvaloa as an NFL quarterback was part of the reason why he got pushed in the starting lineup because the Houston Texans stink and you might get a top three pick from them as part of the Laramie Tunsil deal and you need to know if you might be thinking about using one of them on a quarterback or not. We don't love for those things to not exist, but they do. And that experience, that, that report from Schefter, that's such a complicated... There's probably 20 different variables and questions that all combine to make this decision what it was for the Dolphins to make this change. I think one thing that we saw was the Dolphins feel perfectly content to not ask Tua to do anything crazy in a game that you're winning by 18 points. And there's no shame in that. What was interesting was I did see somebody say on social media, like, what would Fitz have done in this situation? Because they they scored all the points with the offense off the field. They literally scored 21 points with playing one play on offense in the second quarter. That's it. What would Ryan Fitzpatrick do? Granted, the Dolphins got a little bit of a boost from not having Jalen Ramsey play for the vast majority of the game. But the offense didn't score the points. And that's why football's a team game. And that is one lesson that I would like to try to impress on all of you is the Dolphins as an organization are based on what? They're based on improvement. They're based on player development. We've seen it from every player across the board for, what, 23 games now? We've seen it for 23 games for the Miami Dolphins. They go day by day, week by week, we get better. Think about what the team looked like week one against the Patriots. And think about what the team looked like against the Jets last week and what the defense and special teams have looked like this week against the Rams, aside of the quarterback change. It's night and day. 
It's night and day. Think about what the team looked like week one of 2019 versus week 17 in 2019. Night and day doesn't even begin to describe the differences. So now you take Tua Tungavaloa. Yeah, pretty unspectacular first start. But it was a win. And he did his part. He threw a touchdown pass. He did hit a couple of throws in the second half that helped extend drives. This is the worst version of Tua Tungvaloa we should expect to see. Is this one right here. And I get it. You guys have been told for 18 months that Tua Tungvaloa is the savior of this franchise that is destined to do A, B, C, X, Y, and Z. And everybody got married to the idea of Tua being everything the Dolphins need, and they get him. And then this start comes, and it's not what you thought it was. But that doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean it was wrong. It just means that you, you need to have patience. One day at a time, one week at a time. But this is an evaluation period. And it's not just an evaluation period of, oh, do we need to replace Tua Tungvalo? No. It's an evaluation of what kind of players do we need to put around this guy to have the most success. Because I, I would be willing to bet anything he comes out and plays a much better game next week against Arizona. In part because the Dolphins are going to need him to. And they're going to ask him to. They didn't ask him to do a lot in this game. Because the way the game went, he didn't have to. I'm still all aboard the Tua train. And you should be too. Even though it was 22 pass attempts, 12 of 22 for 93 yards and a touchdown. This was a team win. But two is a part of this team. Two can be a part of your collection and memorabilia for the Miami Dolphins as well, thanks to our friends at Nyko Sports. Our friends do an amazing job of piecing together these really cool bits of sports memorabilia. And Tua Tungvaloa is the latest and greatest opportunity that you have to add to your fan cave as a Miami Dolphins fan. They're making 2020 footballs to commemorate Tua, number five overall pick, in his rookie season in the year 2020. This is a $99 football, fully embossed, full-size ball. It's going to have a panel with a logo and a patch for Tua. Hard Rock Stadium Illustrated. It's going to have history of the team and its collegiate stats. You have to call 1-800-345-2868 right now to a fever. It's getting ready to leave the station. Regardless of what the stat line said, you know what? The Dolphins are in club dub today, and that is the most important thing. It's Nyko Sports, N-I-K-C-O, sports.com, and make sure to mention the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and by golly, these things came in clutch for my trip to Miami this week. I probably housed five a day. They're so they're, first of all, they're delicious. Second of all, they taste like a candy bar. I don't know. Are you sold yet? Second of all, 20 grams of protein, less than 200 calories per bar, one seventh grams in sugar of, of carbs and sugar that your typical protein bar. Whether you're looking for post-workout, breakfast, on-the-go, whatever, I got a bunch of them to travel with. 
They're delicious. They got 18 different flavors to choose from. And right now, you can visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and save 20% off your next order. So find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. Visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, save 20%, and get on the Built Bar train. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In all, I had a fantastic time at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday. Uh, another individual I met, uh, Adrian. Uh, Adrian asked uh, for a chance to buy me a beer. And we had a great chat talking about the Dolphins at halftime. And uh, just incredibly blessed to have the chance to come down here and, and chat with some of you guys who had a chance to come out to the game and uh, this this is a, a really special team to watch. I don't think this is a Super Bowl team, not in the here and now, not in 2020. But you see wins like these, and you realize this team has the versatility and they have the resolve, right? Where nothing really went their way offensively. Throughout the entirety of the game, really. Simple mistakes. The Gaskin fumble. The Gaskin drop. The Preston Williams drops. The Tua strip sack on the first play in the red in, inside their own 20. But this defense, man. This defense is the real deal. We, we got this team swapping alignment pre-snaps. So you got Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Agbo on the same side of the line. Rams had no idea what to do with it. We A-gap blitzed these dudes so damn much that they started putting their running back, walked up into the A-gap as if he was under center, between the center and the guard, and they're just pleading him, please block this guy so that we don't have Jared Goff getting blown up in the face and throwing YOLO balls out into the flat. How many passes were batted down at the line of scrimmage? Defensively, Jerome Baker played a hell of a football game in this game. He did. And going back to week one, like I'm not afraid to you know, let Jerome... Or any Dolphins defender know when I think I think you could have given us more. Jerome, pass defense, quarterback hit, 13 tackles. He was all over the field. Kyle Van Noy played a tremendous football game. Nine tackles, some really good run fits. Embarrassed the tight end a couple of times. Two passes defensed. Eric Rowe got his hands on five footballs. Five. Zach Sealer, three hits on the quarterback. Emmanuel Agba with another strip sack. And all of that, all of that, with Byron Jones missing a little bit of time, looked like he was cramping a little bit. We had Van Ginkle got cleated. 
So he had to go into the tent for a little while. Elandon Roberts was questionable with an elbow. And each one of these dudes came back in the game. This is a tough football team. Tough, inspired, resilient football team. And guys, we got this win now. We're four and three. Our next four, our next five, at Cardinals versus Chargers, at Broncos, at Jets versus Bengals. I said last week, if you can go one and one over the next two football games between the Rams and Cardinals, and then you should be looking to go three and one in the next stretch. We already got the one and one. Let's go beat the Cardinals. Let's get some real momentum on our side, because at that point, we would have won four in a row and five out of six. And move this team to five and three with a win next week against the Cardinals. But even if they lose and they go to four and four, this Dolphins team is two and a half games ahead of the Patriots in the AFC East, comfortably in second place. And the Patriots, I don't know that they're coming back, guys. This might be a second place team in the AFC East at worst. Can you tell I was yelling at the game yesterday? At Jets, home versus Ravens. At Texans, versus Cardinals at home. At Chargers, at Rams, two cross-country games, and then they got to go to at Dolphins for the third game in a row. Granted, they get a week and a half to rest up for that game, but they don't play at home for a month. Then they finish with Bills and Jets. Bills just beat them. Cam Newton makes a dumb mistake. Down by three. Turnover on the 20-yard line in the final minute of the game. Welcome to being just like everybody else, New England. Sucks to suck. This Dolphins team in year two, man, I hope you're excited because I am. I am extremely excited for what the next two months plus has to hold for us as Dolphins fans. And I'm so thankful in all the insanity and mess of the year 2020 that I had a chance to come down and partake in this season to some degree. Dolphins now sitting still, only team in the AFC East with a plus point differential, 188 to 130. I believe at this point in time, the Dolphins have the best scoring defense in the league. My producer here will correct me if I'm wrong. Here we go. Okay, nobody in the AFC East. Uh, The Ravens had the best scoring defense in the AFC North, and they've given up two more points than the Dolphins. The Colts have given up six more points than the Dolphins. Nobody in the AFC West. Nobody in the NFC East. Nobody in the NFC North. Nobody in the NFC South. Nobody in the NFC West. Dolphins currently have given up the fewest points of any team in the National Football League. Think about how demoralizing that week one loss was. And now come back and think about that. And now take that and extrapolate it to the rest of the team, including the changes that have been made at quarterback and what it's going to look like. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. 
thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you all about the Dolphins. 28-17 victory at Hard Rock Stadium to move to 4-3 and on the season. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Power to the pod tomorrow. Fins up. Enjoy Victory Monday. Let's go out and have a great day. Hope to talk to you all again tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.